And tonight what we're going to do is this. We're going to talk about the difference between being Christ followers, that our hearts are really in it, and what's the other side of it where we just are going through the motions. And I want us to look at what I think is a really sobering passage of Scripture. It's in Malachi. And so if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. We'll also throw the verses up on the screen. But here's, the, here's kind of the backdrop of this story. Here's what's going on. Um, Malachi is written in about 430 B.C., so about 400-ish years before the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, most of the, not most, but a lot of the books in your Bible aren't in chronological order, meaning where they fall in the Old Testament doesn't mean necessarily historically where they happened. Not so the case with Malachi. Malachi is the last book in your Old Testament, but it's also historically. It's at the, in that time frame, it was the last word that we got before the coming of Jesus Christ. So after Malachi happens, after God speaks through this, this man named Malachi, this prophet, there was 400, get this, 400 years of silence. So 400 years went by where there was really no word from a prophet from God to the people. Now I remember when my grandmother died, the last words that she said to us, the last times that we were together, I remember the weight of those times, right? I mean, I can picture her just sitting on the dock with her, and I know what we talked about. I mean, I think about those last words quite often. So this message that we see that God gives us in his word from Mal- to, through Malachi to the people, now to us, I think is pretty weighty. I think the illustrations and the things that he pulls out are pretty important. So we're going to read um, about, tw- yeah, about 14 verses of this, this chapter. So we're going to start in verse 6, Malachi chapter 1. Again, that's the last book in your Old Testament if you're looking for it. It says this. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, O priest, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? Meaning this, they're asking this question, wait a minute, how, Lord, what are you saying to us? How are you saying that we have not honored you? Answer from the Lord, here it is, verse seven. You place defiled food on my altar. Now it's important to know that back in this time they were still worshiping God through the sacrificial system. And so for them to honor God, a lot of that happened through sacrifice. Their sins they were atoned for through their sacrifice. So this was a big deal what they were doing with these sacrifices. But notice as we go through this text, these people are faking it. And notice how dangerous it is, but also notice how does the Lord respond to it? It would be like this, verse 7, it says, you have placed defiled food on my altar. It would be like if you had someone coming over to your house that you thought was like the most important person in your life, but instead of cleaning the house and getting everything ready for them and preparing an awesome meal, and if you can't cook, you would cater in a good meal, right? But instead of doing that, you just reach in the back of the fridge and you're like, oh, oh good, we've got some dried out old mac and cheese. We'll just give that to this guy, right? I mean, this sounds absurd, right? But think, that's what was happening here. You place defiled food on my altar. Look with me at the rest of that verse. But you ask, how have, we, how have we defiled you? He keeps going. By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. Uh, when you bring blind animals and sacrifice them, is it not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is it not wrong? Try offering those to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Do you see what's happening here? The Lord's saying, you wouldn't do this for, you wouldn't do this just for someone else in your life. But the Lord's saying, but why then, why would you do this to me? Why aren't you giving me your best? Why are you just faking it? Why are you just going through the motions, but you're really just faking it? Look with me at verse nine. Now implore God to be gracious to us with offerings 
uh, yeah, with such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? And then verse 10, 10 this is powerful. Oh, that one of you would just shut the temple doors, meaning just close the temple down for business if this is how you're going to act. So that, and then he says, so that you would um, not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name, my name will be great among the nations. From the rising to the setting of the sun in every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought by my name because my name, the Lord says, is great then look at verse 12. But you profane my name by using it, uh, but you profane it by saying of the Lord's table, it is defiled, and of its food it is contemptible. And you say, here it is, what a burden. You ever felt that way with spiritual things? What a burden. What a burden. And then look at the last verse. You bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices. Should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Now, there's kind of three things that stick out to me from this text on this whole idea of the danger of being a fake. Here it is, the first one. Notice in verse 10, the Lord says, this is such a serious matter. He says, if you don't change, he says, I would, just, I would rather you, instead of being heartless, the Lord says, I would rather you just shut the doors of the temple. I mean, powerful. I mean, these people had been exiled. Now they're back in Jerusalem. They're at their rebuilt temple. They're going through these sacrifices. I mean, this is a big deal. But the Lord's saying, even though all of that's true and you're back and you're not exiled anymore, shut the doors. If you're just a fake, if your heart's not in it, shut the doors. And then look look at me at verse 13. It says this. You say... What a burden. You know, I was thinking about this the other night because I don't know about you, but when we typically do kind of the bedtime stuff, that's when I'm the most tired. Um, Eight o'clock at our house, man, I'm ready for vacation to the Bahamas. And I've never been there, but I I, want to go, you know. Eight o'clock is tough, but eight o'clock is lots of times the time when kind of the spiritual stuff kind of happens. I don't know about what it's like in your house and everybody's schedules are different, but, but there are times when I just feel like, what a burden. Really, we're going to do that? Really, we should do that? Intentional? Oh, you're the D6 pastor, come on, you know. (laughs) But sometimes my heart's not there. And this passage, what it does for me is it says, hey, don't be a fake. Because who sees that you're a fake? Not only God, most importantly, but our kids know we're a fake. I think of myself sitting in that wrestling room. I don't think Coach A really thought that we were thinking he hated being with us. But I know every time he got on the bus to travel with us, every time we were down there at practice, you could just tell. It was no secret. He didn't want to do it. His heart wasn't in it. Look with me at the, the, this is the last takeaway. If you were to flip over to chapter two, you would see this. The Lord admonishes them. He encourages, not encourages them. He challenges them and says, set your heart to honor me. Set your heart to honor me. And so when I think about, okay, how do you not be a fake I think the Lord goes right back to our hearts and he says, hey, what's the condition of your heart? Where is your heart at in these matters? And so what I I want you to do now is I want you just to take, I'm just gonna give you three minutes and I want you to discuss questions three and four in your questions, okay? Check out questions three and four, all right? Go ahead, three minutes. All righty. I wanna bring it back, that would be great. Sorry to interrupt you again. Yeah, I'd be interested to know kind of what you said were some of the, the most dangerous things uh, that, that you could do um, in, in the lives of your kids' faith. Um, I think one of the, the, the biggest things that we can really uh, just nail tonight is this, is that when we 
if we're, if we're fake, if we fake it, if we fake our faith, our, our kids' perception of God really comes from what they see us model, you know? And so if it's a drag, then God's a drag, you know? If it's a burden, then God's a burden. If, uh, um, you know, I mean, you, you know how that goes. And so anyway, just a, a pretty, pretty huge thing. So I, I want us to end uh, this way. We're just gonna, I'm just going to give you just five things, five ways to make your faith authentic, okay? So if you're taking notes, jot these down. Five ways to make your faith authentic. How do you make your faith sincere? How do you make your faith in such a way that your kids, they go, wow, my, my mom, my, my, my dad believes this stuff. He really does, you know? What can you do? Five things. Here it is. Number one, pray heartfelt prayers. Number one, pray heartfelt prayers. You know those movies that... Um, that uh, there's the, maybe a Thanksgiving dinner, and then um, there's two or three movies out where the, someone's asked to pray, but they don't want to pray, you know what I'm talking about? And then it's this funny, really awkward prayer, you know those movies that I'm referring to, right? Think about this for a second. Um, when you pray, I want to just encourage you. I think a lot of us feel like we need to pray really fancy prayers in front of our families, in front of our kids. And I just want to encourage you, when you pray, pray in your voice and just pray the way that you talk. Okay, because so, if you have like prayer voice, like if it's all of a sudden you're just talking, but then, but then when you go to pray, it's thou father, and you never say thou, and your, your kids are like, man, what's going, what's wrong with dad? Oh, he's praying, you know, I'm, whoa, it's crazy, right? So I, I want to encourage you in this because Jesus really hit this pretty hard in, in Matthew chapter six, he hit these Pharisees, he said, woe to you, meaning danger. He said, don't be the kind of person that you stand up and you just pray so that people will hear you and you think they will be impressed. Um, You could be just breathe life into your kids if you would just pray from your heart, okay? So just pray prayers like that. You know, I grew up in our family and my dad and my my family, we prayed a a pretty rote prayer. Um, Come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts us be blessed. You know, and and that's okay. You might pray that at your house and and I think during different times, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Particularly if you mean the words. But I'll tell you what, now, after growing up with that, when I hear my dad pray, so cool. When I hear my mom pray, it's like, whoa, it's great. I mean, it just shapes my view of God still. Okay, number two, here it is. Admit mistakes and your need for Christ. Um, Here's what I mean by this. Guys particularly, dads, say you're sorry. Um, Model that for your kids. Let your kids hear you say, so it's not just mom and dad got in an argument, and maybe, maybe we're the only ones that have those, Christine, I don't know, but I doubt it. Uh, but when you have an argument in your home, don't just let it be a, an apology between you two and a reconciliation between your marriage, but let it, live it out in front of your kids, because they're not, they're not blind to it, and they're surely not deaf to it. And so you can just say to them, and I've had to do this many a times, just say to them, hey kids, hey, just real quick, I'm sorry for the way I just talk, spoke to your mom. Would you please forgive me? And I, I thought the first time I did that, I thought they might go, mm, probably not, Dad. <laughs> Cross the line, Pops, you know? They didn't do that. Instead, it, what it did is this. It was like this, just, it was like just crack. They, they kind of broke. They were like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And I tell you what it is. It's a perfect setup for you then to say this. Kids, I need Christ. I'm so glad Jesus forgives me because I mess up just like that. I do it all the time. And it's a way for you to be able to share the gospel and let your kids know you need, you need Jesus Christ, okay? Um, next one. Here it is. Make time to abide. 
Um, one of my favorite passages in the scripture, I felt like the Lord just nailed me with this last year and said, I want you to camp in John 15 all year. But John chapter 15, Jesus says some pretty awesome words. And he says, hey, I want you to remain in me and I will remain in you. And he talks about a vine and a branch. And he says, you know, I am the vine and you are the branches. You can't do anything apart from me. But if you remain in the vine, you will bear much fruit. Meaning this, your life will have an impact. It'll bear fruit. And so um, I... I wanted to list this one, make time to abide. And the reason why I wanted to make it a point is this, there's never time to abide. I don't feel like. Life is always crazy. Life is always busy. Um, John Ortberg put it like this. I thought this was insightful. He said, love, like love for God, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Think about that. Love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. You, you know how that is in relationships. Love always takes time. And time is the one thing hurried people don't have. That was pretty insightful, right? So think about this. Make time to abide. Um, that might mean you saying, hey, I got the dishes. Why don't you just go in the back room and just spend some time with the Lord? Um, because here's what happens. When we abide, when we spend time with the vine, then we've got something to offer our kids. You can't give what you don't have. You've heard that saying before. Um, and so if we take the time to abide in Christ, though, the Lord promises. He says, you remain in me. You stick with me. You spend time daily with me. I'm going to bear fruit in your life. I'm going to bear fruit in your kids' life. I believe that would be true. Um, okay, next one. Here it is. Share what you're learning. Uh, Christine is really good at this. She does a great job. She just, hey, the Lord's teaching me this, kids. You know, and it just, just kind of flows from her. I have to be a little more planned in it. Um, so at our house, this is kind of what this looks like, and there are things that we try, and there, I tell you what, the reason I share some of the things we try and fail at and the things sometimes we try and get right is because I just heard it from somebody else, you know, and so, um, and what I'm hearing from you and your D6 stories when you're emailing D6 at brookside.net or you're putting it on Twitter or whatever, um, we're able to encourage each other with that, but here's what it looks like at our house. One night a week, we don't do like the normal children's Bible thing that we're usually doing with our kids. One night a week, it's just... Usually dad opens up the Bible, and I just say, hey, this is something, kids, that God taught me this week. And what I'm trying to do is this. I want them to see that I'm actively trying to hear from God. I just want them to see that, okay, wow, dad's going through life, and he's, he's actively seeking God, and tonight he just wanted to share something he's learning. And then nine times out of ten, Christina will say, yeah, and God's teaching me this. And we'll just have that in this cool time. And I'm telling you what, it's really not perfect at our house. I was laughing the other night. I wanted to share this with you guys because um, we were doing it. We were having a pretty good conversation with the two older ones. But our youngest was just going nuts. I mean, totally nuts. And I was just laughable. And I was just like, is this, is this really how this should work? You know, and I was a little discouraged. But I just know it's reality, isn't it, right? But here's the deal. Those older two and that younger one, he knows what we're doing. He might not hear every word, but he knows. Bible open, parents talking, other, my siblings are tracking, we pray at the end. You know I mean? He just, he, they're picking it up. So share what you're learning. Okay, last one. Here it is. Take some kingdom risks. Take some kingdom risks. I think this one is huge. Um, and here's what I mean by it. This is the whole category of, is your faith causing you to take any risks? Is there anything uncomfortable that your faith is causing you to do? Is there a coworker that you're reaching out to? Is there an invitation you're making? Is there anything that you're doing that you would say, I gotta pray about this? 
Is there anything that you're doing where you're recruiting the prayers of your kids? And this is where I think this one gets really powerful and really practical. If you'll take some risks, if you'll look at your life and say, you know what, God's given me that opportunity and that opportunity, I'm gonna gonna press into that. Here's what happens. You're gonna find yourself needing God. And when you need God, what do you do? You you pray, you seek God. let me give you an example of this. We, we built a, a pretty good relationship with our, our son's baseball coach this last season. And, um, and so we had some pretty good opportunities, some ways to kind of get into his life. And, and my son was tracking right along with how I was interacting with the coach. And I would update him. I would say, hey, we're going to lunch, you know, pray for us, you know, this kind of thing. And we just care about this family. They're, they're just good people. We care about them. And, and so here's what happened, though. Now he's playing this new sport. And he said to me, and we were talking about his baseball coach and said a prayer for him the other night, and he said to me a couple weeks ago, he said, so, so when are you going to have lunch with my football coach? And I was like, well, I don't know. I haven't thought about that, you know. And, but here's the deal. He was on me about it. And so next day, I knew he would ask me that night, hey, what's happening with the football coach? And so I told him, I said, hey, email the coach. We'll see what happens. So here's what it did, though. That was a risk for me. It put me out there. But here's what it did for my kids. My kids then can go, oh, we're praying that, that we get a response from that. We're praying that something happens there. Well, we, we've, got, uh, we've got an appointment now on the calendar, getting together. I'm pretty excited for that, but here's what I'm really excited for. My kids, are, they're, they're seeing that, and they're praying. So I just want to encourage you, and I'll tell you what, there are you know, probably nine out of ten other examples I could say where I would say, oh, I wish I would have taken a step, right? And, but I know this is true of all of us. We've all got times in our lives where we can take these intentional steps, where we can take a risk for the kingdom. And I would just encourage you, do it. But don't do it in secret. Do it with your kids. Not for show, but just to say, hey, kids, um, our neighbor up the street, I think they could use some prayer tonight. So let's, let's pray for them. Or let's just walk across the street and, and, and just see what happens. Or kids, God is really challenging me with this. Or hey, kids, I'm really struggling with this, and you're just open with them about that. So, um, so those are kind of the, the five things that I wanted to mention uh, to you tonight. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us and then um, dismiss us to go downstairs, all right? Sounds good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, I thank you for our parents tonight, and um, Lord, I, I thank you um, that you give us successes along the way as we continue to seek you. Lord, I thank you that this is really a room of encouragement tonight and um, a place where we can just kind of bounce the ideas off of each other, Lord, where we can get sharper, and um, Lord, ultimately where we can make your name great. So God, help us not to fake it. Um, help us to be the real deal, even if the real deal isn't very polished at all. Would you remind us, Lord, that it's our hearts that you value. And so, Lord, if we're just starting out, if we're just learning the Bible, and we just share something that just so, we think at least, is so elementary, Lord, I pray you give us the courage to do that, because it would mean, it would mean so much in what we would model. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. And, um, Lord, we pray now we would just have an awesome time as we connect with our kids, Lord. So, to your name and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, you're dismissed. Thanks.